0: turn out the lights. The party is over. Hawks bid farewell to the season after losing to the Boston Celtics tonight at State Farm Arena. We'll walk you through everything right here, right now on the Hawks Beat Podcast. Kevin Herter to get it in. Everyone standing at State Farm Arena. Herter looks, lays it in to Trey. Two seconds, one. Trey's Slaughter. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Edub, taking you on the final edition of Atlanta Hawks basketball. I guess we can say that, right, as we uh, put a period on the end of this season it is not a period as well for the Hawks beat podcast because we're going to keep going throughout the season, throughout the off season, excuse me, and uh, taking you right back into next season. So, um, unfortunately, the Atlanta Hawks fall to the Boston Celtics tonight to the tune of 128 to 120. And uh, if you watch the game, you know, it was a lot of back and forth. And at the end of the day, the Hawks just ran out of bullets. They ran out of bullets, and they lost to a superior team, but they emptied the clip, and I'm sure there's plenty of silver linings that we can take away. Um, We're going to talk about what we saw tonight. We're going to talk about some of the notes we have, uh, some of the the post-game comments. We'll read a little fan feedback, uh, as we always do. So, um, first things first, let me... um, Say what's up to the newbies. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into the show. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, a big part of what we do is on social media. So we invite you to connect with us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you follow us at Hawks Beat as well as subscribe to the podcast. It's something that we would love for you to do. Um, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, tune In, however you're listening to us. Uh, Hit that subscribe button and swing by and drop us a five-star rating. (sighs) Let me take a little deep breath before we get into it. (laughs) I just want to make sure that my thoughts are concise and I give you guys a good product this last podcast of the season. Well, it's not the last podcast of the season. It's the last... Game podcast until the summer league, right? So um, all of the offseason podcasts are going to deal with looking back, um, talking about what happened this year, looking forward. What does the roster need? Um, we're going to have some stuff talking about the draft. um you know, it, it's going to be off-season type stuff. You know, we'll, we'll talk a little summer league stuff when that time approaches. But uh, we are going to kind of turn down the temperature a little bit on our podcast. But um, still going to be giving you content, just not as much, not as frequent. So uh, still going to be around, still going to be around. And uh, hey, if you're into the WNBA, um, I got a podcast to plug, but I'll plug that a little bit later. Going into tonight's game, I have to say, Hawks fans, you did not disappoint. You did not disappoint. And at first, I'm going to be real with you. With 15 minutes left before the game, I was like, yo, it's 15 minutes before the tip, and there's a lot of empty seats. Like, there was a lot of empty seats. And I'm like, yo, man, this isn't good. I wonder how it looked on TV. But by the time it was tipped off, by the time they they, they threw the ball up, <laughs> I typed, never mind, everybody's here now. <laughs> it, it was loud in there. The fans were locked in from the beginning, from the jump. I'm telling you, like, I'm trying to paint the picture. Of what it was like in the arena. Like every possession. Even from like the first quarter. Was just like do or die. (laughs) Like every possession was just like do or die. Hawks jump out. Uh, Well they didn't really jump out. (laughs) Boston jumps out to like a 12-2 lead. And I'm like yo. This is not ideal. Very similar to like game four. Right. But. um. Before the game, let me share this with you. Before the game, I wrote down three things for the Hawks pathway to victory. Here are the three things that I wrote down. I said you gotta get 60 points between Trey, between Trey and DeJounte. You gotta have 60 points. Period. Like period. At the very minimum, if you want to win. You gotta have 60 points between those two guys. You have to have 30 points from your bench. Sadiq, Bogey, Onyeka, those guys got to give you 30. And you got to win the three-point battle. You got to win the three-point battle. So let's see how we did. As far as the 60 points from Trey and Murray, well, Trey held up his end of the bargain with 30, but DeJounte chipped in with 14. I got a DeJounte-Murray take that I'm going to give you a little bit later as well. And let me say this, I am not happy with number five. Not happy with number five. I'm gonna tell you about that a little bit later though. Um you fell short with the 60 points. As far I mean as far as the 30 points that you needed from um, the bench, you got 12 from Bogey, you got seven from uh, from some Sadiq, and you got six from anyeka Not quite thirty. Not quite. As far as the three-point shooting, you both shot 42.9%. So, you tied the three-point shooting. And so, look, you were rather close to what I said that you needed. Almost hit the bench points that you needed. You almost hit the, um, the points from your two stars, but you did it. And it's kind of fitting that you guys lost by eight. That's kind of just what it is. I mean... At the end of the day, and I don't want to like encapsulate the game too quickly. Jalen, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown were just dynamic. They're just dynamic ball players that made big plays, big shots when they needed to be made, and there was nothing the Hawks could do. There was absolutely nothing they could have done. Nothing. Like, they turned up their defense in the second half, and the Hawks simply did not have an answer for it. They did not have an answer for it. Trey Young goes for 25 in the first half and ends the game with 30. Ends the game with 30. Um, I thought some of the things that went on in, in the beginning of the quarter, I mean, in the beginning of um, the first half, I just kept writing, like, man, like, this Hawks team is battling. Like, they don't want to go home. And I saw a lot of fight in the first quarter. Saw a lot of fight in the second quarter. Second half, I saw a lot of fight. But it was just things that just weren't falling. Like, they were missing a lot of bunnies. Uh, by bunnies, I mean they were missing a lot of close shots to the rim. It just wasn't happening. And Boston just stayed true to what they do. Stayed true to what they do. And so... Um, You're going into the halftime, and Trey is just cooking. He is cooking. He looks aggressive. He had that look in his eye, like he just had that bounce in his step. Um, He was just looking different in that first half. I'm like, yo, he was aggressively, aggressively looking for his three-point shot. Took eight threes in the first half, made four of them. He had 25 points, four assists on eight of 15 shooting. Like that's that's a full stat line for some point guards in the league already, and we were at halftime. The question is, who's going to help him? Who's going to help him? The next highest scorer was John Collins with nine points. Dre only had four. The Jante was over five, over five, and had nothing, absolutely nothing. Second half happens. And again, I thought that they fought in the third quarter. Um, at one point, I was like, look, the Hawks are down by two, but their defense is driving me insane. Oh my God. The perimeter defense on this team is just atrocious. I don't, I don't, and we're going to get to all of what the Hawks need. Uh, we're going to get to all those things in the coming podcast, but. For the time being, the perimeter defense was just so bad. It was so bad. Like Boston, they just get what they wanted. They just go where they want to go. Just uncontested layups to the hoop. It was just bad. Like the defense was just not good. Um, the Hawks offensively were hanging with them, though. You know, the, I, in that third quarter, I still saw some guys pressuring the rim. Bogey's going to the hoop, Trey's going to the hoop. They take the lead at the end of three, up 100 to 98. I'm like, okay, like we here. Let me tell you something. The beginning of that fourth quarter was loud. It was loud. It was loud in that arena. Kudos to you Hawks fans. Kudos to you Hawks fans because it was loud in that building. You gave that team everything you had. Start the fourth quarter up by two. And within 45 seconds, the lead was gone. (laughs) It was gone. It was gone. Jalen Brown hits a a, uh, corner three, I think. And then the next play, the the Hawks miss. Boston comes down to score again. Lead's already gone. Lead is already gone. They started the unit with Trey, Bogey, uh, Bay, JC, and Big O um that lineup kind of gives you a little bit of defense a little bit of offense um but I just thought that you just had too many missed opportunities in that fourth quarter for me like before you even get to before you even get to crunch time um I think Clint Trey and DJ all had like miss missed shots near the rim and it just wasn't going down after the game Trey was like look second half. Um, Marcus wasn't leaving me open. He wasn't leaving me. He was like second half. They just really turned up their team defense on him and it made a difference. Like they shut him down in the second half, only had five points in the second half after 25 in that first half. Kudos to their coach, man. Kudos to the coach and the game plan and everybody like they're a veteran team. Like they know what needs to be done. They turned up their defense and they got stops. The under three minutes, and the Hawks didn't. They didn't. They just missed too many bunnies um, in an eight-point game where every single position, ma- every single possession matters. That matters. Those small things matter, and um, they just unfortunately didn't get it done. But they emptied the clip. They emptied the clip, and if you're a Hawks fan, I think that you can feel good knowing that one, you lost to a really good team. Two, your team didn't go out like no suckers. Like, they didn't go out like no suckers. Like, you ain't get blown off the, you didn't get, they didn't blow the doors off of you in your own building, right? Like, they didn't blow the doors off of you. So, that is a good thing. That is something to, um, I guess, if you are looking for a silver lining, that would be it. I want to get to, let me get with DJ. Let me, let me, let me, let me give my, my DJ take. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. And, here, and here's my DJ take. It may not be popular, but um, I, don't, I don't do this for popularity. I have to be true to um, the analysis of what it is. It is what it is. And I, you guys know I'm a straight shooter. You guys heard the podcast when I talked about DJ suspension. I said, hey, this is a stain. It's not a good look not a good look like I mean he felt he did what he had to do he felt justified and um he showed no remorse no remorse for his actions and if that's the move he wanted to make he's gonna stand on that I don't believe that's something that you do you know I just don't like he was in the wrong you were in the wrong you touched an official you cannot touch an official um regardless of how you feel about it you cannot do it. Even if you feel justified, you simply cannot do it. What made it even worse to me is you did it. You left your team out there on a do or die game. A do or die game. A game in which they needed to have you. A game in which that is why they brought you here. That is why they brought you here. For big games. to Make plays and big games and never once were you contrite never once were you contrite and when the hawks win oh you see you know that's what they get for trying to cheat that's what you know what i'm saying god has my back Nah, man like that's not a good look to me it wasn't a good look to me and it didn't sit right with me it didn't sit right with me at all dog like it really didn't okay so they t- t- so so your team bailed you out bailed you out. Point guard played 44 minutes in that previous game. 44 minutes. Now, for those keeping track at home, a game is only 48 minutes. Trey played 44 minutes. And if you look at the totality of this game, it's no wonder that, yes, Boston made, made adjustments in that second half. But it's no wonder why them legs... Probably got a little tight toward the end. Whenever you start missing bunny. But bunnies, whenever them threes don't fall like they was falling. You can attribute it to some tired legs. And what did you have to offer your team after missing an important game? 0 for 5 in the first half. You finished with 14. But you had very little impact. Very little impact in a closeout game. And for those of you that disagree with me, tell me right now, what big shots did DeJounte hit? What big moments did DeJounte hit? What runs did we go on and be like, oh, DeJounte is cooking? Ooh, DeJounte made a good play. Now, I'm not saying he played a poo-poo game. And I'm not saying he wasn't effective. And I think he was. But you didn't bring him over just to blend in with everybody else. You blend. You brought him over here to be the number two. So if Trey drops 25 in the, in the first half, you need to have his back in the second half. That's the expectation. That's the expectation that I have for it. And I'm not even a, a, a diehard Hawks fan. That's just the expectation. I didn't, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't like the vibes. I didn't like the vibes, number five, last two games. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, that's a stain to me. That's a stain to me. Like, I didn't like the vibes. I didn't like the way he went around his business. And I don't like the way he came out in tonight's game. And I just don't like it. I I, I don't think it's good for business. I don't think it was good for the team. And to me, it showed a lack of maturity. And that's going to be addressed going forward. I think it needs to be addressed going forward, this team's maturity. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Some post-game comments that I did find interesting. Um, Coach Snyder smoked with everyone after the game, of course, like he normally does. Coach Snyder, uh, Trey, and JC. I'm not going to play the clip, but I do want to make mention of some of the things that they said. Um, The quality isn't really the best uh, just because I got audio. But um, Let me go on my notes just really quick and uh, pull out uh, what Quinn said after uh, the game tonight. One thing um, Quinn said after the game, talking about just the dynamic duo of Brown and Tatum, he was like, and I'll, I'll read kind of a summation of his of his uh, his quote. He was like, I thought our guys competed. He was like, Tatum and Brown were a handful. He said, we blitzed the pick and roll. We hit them on the dribble. We hit them on the pass. When you don't, you're susceptible to the three. They hit some big shots tonight, and but we were still right there. That sounds like a man that threw everything he had, and it just wasn't good enough. He threw everything he had, and it just wasn't enough. Brown and Tatum, both, and my my thing is this. Both of those guys made plays on both sides of the ball. I mean, Tatum had at least three blocks. It seemed like he had three blocks from, like, from the behind, like, and, and, and Jalen Brown, he's just, man, he's just so good. Like, they attack the rim with a relentlessness. And they're both, you know, they're both a nice size. And it's just, they do so many things. And Boston, as a unit, just plays so well. You can play good defense, and they will still get an open three. The way they share the ball. Like, it's just, it's just what they do, you know. Um, but, Going forward, it's going to be interesting to see how this team, um, what's the word I'm looking for, develops, I guess I'll say develops under Quinn, right? Uh, we talked to Trey after the game, and Trey was like, yo, Quinn is the future, like he said Quinn is the future, almost kind of like, not saying this, not saying that Quinn will be here longer than Trey, but like, listen... They didn't bring this guy in here to get ran off by number eleven, and not saying that he ran off the other two guys. I'm just saying they brought the boy in here. They're paying him a whole lot of money, and he's gonna be here. Take that. Take that. However you want to take it. Um, any thoughts? Let me let me check my uh, my notes from Trey and see if he said anything that was kind of noteworthy after the game. Okay. Yeah, I got one. Here we go. Uh, yeah. So after the game, they asked him about Quinn. Uh, Kind of like your thoughts. You know, he came in most season. Trey was like, yo, man, like Quinn is the truth. He was like, Quinn is the future. He's like, I believe we'll win a championship with him here. Um, You know, as soon as he, you know, gets to pieces and gets his scheme and stuff going, then I'm just really excited for it. You know, that, and that's just kind of me summarizing uh, what Trey was saying. The question that was burning in everybody's minds, like, so what are those pieces going to be? <laughs> and and somebody did ask that question, I believe. Somebody did ask that question about like um Trey, what do you think this team needs to um you know, to get there? You know, you talking about championship, you talk about Quinn bringing the championship to the city. What are the pieces you need? And Trey wisely deflected. He wisely deflected. So, hey, man, that's a question for Landry. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get into all the GM moves, but that's a question for Landry. But I wish that I could be like, yo, a fly on the wall. Yo, man, what do you need? What do you want? You know, and again, we're going to talk about all of those things uh, in, in coming podcast, what this team needs um, we're gonna look at the numbers. We're gonna get really nerdy with it and talk about the needs and what this team may look like going forward. But tonight is not that night. Tonight is just kind of a a look back on a um, a game in which this team really just emptied the clip. They gave it all they had, and you know um, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, the last guy that spoke to the media was John Collins. He spoke kind of the. the uh, he didn't really have that much to say, and there wasn't really a lot of questions for him. Just um, it's tough for the guys after a game like this, like the finality of the season. It's always tough, and you really don't want to be you don't want to be that guy. Right. Like when you're asking questions, you don't want to be that guy to ask that question to like make all the rounds. Like, what is this reporter thinking? <laughs> like, you don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? So, um after the game, John Collins was just talking about the future. He was talking about his feelings. And uh, one thing that kind of stuck out to me was he was just saying, a lot of people look at things like this and they want, like, immediate results. But it just doesn't happen that way, you know. And I think he's absolutely right, you know. Um, now, as far as John Collins is concerned, the player, um, there's a lot that's been said about him, a lot that's been written, as is every year. Um I have my thoughts on how this summer may go, but I think he's exactly right. When he's talking about people's expectations and what they feel growth or how they feel growth should happen and when it should happen, you know, um, this is a process. Like when you look at championship teams, the bulls back in the day, they had to go through a process. They had to go through the process of losing to the Pistons and, Losing to the Celtics before they can, you know, climb that mountain. Um, even you know, a team like Milwaukee, you know, they had to go through their 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 uh, their valleys and their growing pains before they can win a championship a few years ago. So, um, like Giannis said, man, it's not always about failure; it's about growth. And every step, you just hope to grow from it. You know, I, I don't think this season was a failure. I think that in the totality. Looking back at this season, I think the expectations were as high as they have ever been for an Atlanta Hawks team. I think they were as high as they have ever been. And I've been doing this for nine seasons. Nine seasons. And expectations weren't even this high for this team that won 60 games. They weren't. Um, But, you know, you, you bring in a guy like DeJounte and the expectations were sky high. They were sky high. They didn't. They didn't live up to to the expectation. They underachieved. They were inconsistent, and um, maybe they they learned the value of taking the regular season a little bit more serious. You know, I don't know, but I think that uh, lessons were learned. It's just, I don't know. It, it a lot has to do with uh, what lessons are you learning. And how are you going to get better? And that's going to be a question for this team moving forth for not just the players, but the coaches and the front office. All right. Um, before I get up out of here, as it is into the wee hours of the morning. Um, yes, I hate <laughs> I hate 830 starts. I hate 830 starts. Um, just want to read a little bit of fan feedback. Again, if you're on Twitter. Facebook or Instagram. Make sure you're following us at Hawks beat and uh, connect with us on those social media platforms and um, be a part of the show, man. Be a part of the show. Let's hear what you guys had to say. My guy DJ Yogi said, need better defense and shooting next season. Hey, I agree with that. My brother, I agree with that. Uh, My guy, ITL Ramasaki said was fun to watch. I'm already excited for next season with Snyder. Hey, I think a lot of Hawks fans share those uh, sentiments, Uh, my guy. I think a lot of Hawks fans share those sentiments, my brother. Uh, At Third Bow on Twitter said, exceeded expectations. JC played really well. Trey was amazing. Great to have Quinn in charge. So, I'm assuming he's saying exceed the expectations as far as the playoffs are concerned. <laughs> because during the season, I don't know. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Dirty Birds 84 on Twitter said, they gave it all their hat. I'm sorry. They gave it their all, but fell into the same patterns that plagued them during their midseason. But... What they showed this series definitely has to get us excited for what next season can bring with whatever moves we make in the off season. Hey, I agree with you, man. All great points. Thank you, guys, definitely for checking in with me all season long. As far as fan feedback, I had some regulars, I had some folks that chimed in, and I'm always grateful for um, you guys interacting with the Hawksby, interacting with the show. Um, it really does add an element that I s- really appreciate. It really does. Um, probably the tweet of the night was from, from a guy, Wes, uh, at Blog Hawk, who writes for Peachtree Hoops. Um, this pretty much sums up tonight's game. He says, from 624 to 155 left in the fourth quarter, Atlanta went scoreless, 0 for 7 from the field. That was the game. Just gas legs at the end of this series after the emotional game five in Boston. If only the Hawks would have had a guy who sat out and had fresh legs during that moment. <laughs> Let me stop. No, this is not going to be the best DeJounte Murray uh, podcast. But I, I I, just, it. listen, it is what it is. I said what I said and I stand on that. I stand on it. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, before I put a bow in this podcast and season nine is still not over because we still have some off season stuff to do. Still got some looking back and grades to give out, but as is my custom at the end of every season, if you're still listening to this podcast, I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of, uh, the people that have supported And retweeted, reshared, liked, and listened, and uh, been a part of this podcast this season. Um, We have grown every single year. And it's just, I mean, without you guys, there would be no Hawks Hawks Beat Podcast. I'm I'm thankful for the support. I'm humbled by the support. And I appreciate all the interactions. I appreciate uh, all of my podcasts. Uh, homies and pod, podcast colleagues who are in the same area of me, area with me, you know. Brad at Locked On Hawks, uh, my guy Brad Harden, who does his show. Um, Jackson and uh, Logan that do Hawks Talks, and all of the guys that do um, Hawks podcast who take time out to retweet my stuff, and at times come on to my show. Kevin Shenard, who's been on my show, all of those guys. I appreciate all of them as well. As well as you, my valued consumer. We're not done yet. We still got some work to do. But I just wanted to take this time to say thank you for making season nine of the Hawks Beat a success. Although it's not season nine of the podcast, it's season season four, I think, of the podcast. But season nine of the Hawks Beat brand. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of our show and listening to us. You are the reason why I stay up to one fifteen in the morning, finishing a podcast when I have to be to work at 7 a.m. Like I always say, man, time is money, but the grind is free. We're going to put a bow on this podcast. And uh, yeah, we're going to put a bow on it for tonight. Well, for this morning. <laughs> like we always say, man. Come on, say it with us for all the regulars. Come on, say it with me. Say it with me. Say it with me. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. So if you don't know him, you need to find him. Show him some love because that is all he is showing you. L-O-V-E love. We out. Peace. Freebeats.io. Freebeats.io. Freebeats.io.